0: Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast
1: on
2: Podcast One. Shall I take your order or do you need a minute? Ah,
3: Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions.
1: What? That's handy.
3: Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What?
1: That's an exquisite deal.
3: And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. Woo! What? Oh yeah. Uh sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit carvana.com
0: to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply.
4: And welcome to Doctor Who Podcast, everybody. Uh, check out the, well, do check out the opiate series. I'm going to put that on an audio run soon. So look out for that. You'll be able to listen to me reading the opiate series. If you don't want to read it, to complain in your car and stuff that way. Check out the swing and sound. Support the people who support the show to keep the wind in the sails of the Corolla pir- pirate ship. But, and we'll have some calls uh, later today, too, on this show. But right now, I want to welcome my guest, Catherine Temp. You know her from The Greg Gutfeld Show. I know her from there. It's Saturday at 10 Eastern, 7 Central. Catherine Timp, dot com is where you can find Or follow her on Twitter at cat temp. Cat, in addition to being a regular on all the Fox News shows, is a reporter for the National Review since 2014, digital editor of the Washington Times, and a stand-up. You still do a lot of stand-up?
5: I did stand-up on Saturday at the Comedy Store, the belly room.
4: Oh, that must be cool. It was
5: great. It went great. Yeah.
4: And uh, more importantly, here in Los Angeles, she was the Sky News reporter for some local news station. What, I was. What, what did you do?
5: I was a airborne traffic reporter for about six months <laughs> wow. when I was 22 years old. So insane. And I was laid off because I am so bad with directions. They just thought I had a good radio voice, so they gave me a shot and I, I blew oh it was it. a
4: radio it was a radio it was thing. radio you worked yeah. with Rhonda Kramer and all our, our famous uh, sky radio it was radio a total
5: theater. traffic network yeah oh, and yeah. I uh, flew around the helicopter and just bombed constantly
4: did that freak you out flying a helicopter no
5: it didn't freak me out I was more scared of giving the wrong directions which I often did
4: it was it's you know we're just how long did you live here
5: I lived here for about a year and a half,
4: so it's, it's everything's like an episode of the Californians from Saturday night Live. we 're all worried about the freeways and which freeway connects with what freeway, and yeah. what the traffic is and what freeway, and so if you screw us up it 's bad
5: yeah I, and I did so I uh, I, it was uh sad when I was laid off. I cried <laughs> and uh told myself I would my broadcasting career was over it's the end of it. It was over. How'd
4: you get involved with fox
5: uh well, I made a video well i, I I'd written a couple columns that got their attention. Did a couple Fox and Friends uh, appearances.
4: Because of the articles.
5: Because of the articles. But when I really got their attention was I went to a, a feminist conference that was pretty radically feminist. And um, I was just interviewing people about what feminism means to them. And the organizers saw that I worked at Campus Reform, which was a conservative organization, and I'm, you know, I'm not a conservative. I'm a libertarian, which there's a huge difference there. But they saw that this organization was conservative and they were literally blocking me from interviewing people and not letting me talk to these people. And my camera guy just kept filming. So that video got picked up by Fox. Uh, I was I ended up doing several interviews about the video. And that's when Greg Gutfeld saw me, had me on red eye. So as uh, soon as I was on red eye, I started being on red eye every two weeks. And then he was launching his new show and he wanted me to come on as a correspondent.
4: On the the current Greg Gutfeld show. On
5: the current Greg Gutfeld show. Was yes. that
4: before it was a panel show?
5: Uh, it it's always been a panel. You show. You just weren't on the panel. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. So it, I, it, I was. I've been there since day one, actually.
4: Oh wow. Hmm. Yep. I love that show. It's great. I, I, I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let, let's dial back even further. Uh, when you were in college, say, did you were you interested in politics? Did you want to do always a,
5: interested in politics and broadcasting? But we but you did, were an English major. I was an English major. We didn't really have a journalism. We had a newspaper uh but small college small college broadcasting we basically had a dude who would teach us about how nielsen worked and then we got a tour of a radio studio oh that was God. the extent of my broadcasting experience and i actually um well i my plan was i had an internship at fox news uh for the summer after i graduated and my plan was i was going to live in santa monica by myself as long as i had the stipend for housing then I was going to live with my college boyfriend for two weeks. Then we were going to break up, and I was going to move. Th- I'm 21. I'm an idiot. And I, then I was going to go to Columbia Journalism School and learn oh. broadcasting. Oh. I decided I did not want to take out an $80,000 loan. Yes. So instead, I just got an internship at KFI oh my gosh. and uh, just kind of learned all the skills broadcasting for free.
4: Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Did you get on the air there?
5: No. <laughs>
4: so I'm on KBC now every day, Yeah. The, the big these are big rivals already, mm-hmm. you know, historically. Uh, and, and then you were here. Was it the Fox News here? Yeah. How long ago was that?
5: I, I, well, I'm, let's see. I'm going to be 30 in October. I was 21 at the time, so, so, so it was not that two, long eight, ago, eight years that, ago. that
4: that building on Armacost, right? Yeah. Is that where you were? Mm-hmm. That used to be where the studio is. Used to be just a garage. They would literally open a garage door yeah. at the end of the day. It was like a, like a sliding garage door.
5: I used to ride my bike there every day because I didn't have I didn't have a car out here for the longest time.
4: And I and back then that was I remember when Fox was really getting going, and I used to go. This is the West Coast outlet for the Fox. This is ridiculous. Yeah,
5: it's still pretty small. Yeah yeah
4: pretty crazy, uh not like New York, where it's a huge operation. it's very strange. yeah absolutely. so where'd you grow up?
5: I grew up uh in the Detroit area where uh Troy and then macomb, so like uh suburbs of Detroit what did your parents do? My mom was a social worker, and my dad does like finance accounting type stuff, so
4: it's a big difference
5: yeah, huge difference, yeah which is he doing <laughs> it, it, like it, he like did, manages accounting type things. I don't fully understand. Uh, clearly. It.
4: <laughs> fascinated. You're fascinated with economics, obviously. No,
5: I mean, no. I'm not fascinated with finance. Was he finance,
4: a, no. a stockbroker no, or something? No, nothing like that. Like a. Like a no oh, well, yeah, we'll never figure it out. We'll never figure it out. Uh, I always
5: ask him, and then he starts talking, and then I can't, keep, I can't listen. I, I don't understand. He
4: doesn't like manage people's estates or something like that. He's no, doing something for companies. Yeah, for companies. So, so he's okay. And your mom, what kind of social work?
5: School, show, school social worker.
4: Like, a, like a high school.
5: Hi, she did elementary and middle school and high school, like throughout in Detroit. Her yep. Heavy. Yes.
4: And what's she doing now?
5: Well, she. My mom passed away. Actually, how were you? I was. It was a week after my twenty sixth birthday.
4: Ouch. Yeah. What happened?
5: She had cardiac amyloidosis.
4: Oh my God, that's rare.
5: Yeah, so super rare. Uh, she was diagnosed, and then she died three weeks after that. She was only fifty-seven. So she
4: had a cardiomyopathy. She from had the amyloid. They
5: were yeah. it they, they was building up in her heart.
4: Oh my God. Yeah. Now sometimes it's secondary to something else. Did they ever see anything anywhere or figure out? No,
5: she did have breast cancer when I was in college, and she mm. beat that. And then she got amyloids when I was. Could have been related you know, to the chemo or something. I have. They just don't know.
4: Terrible. Yeah, for sure. And then, is your dad remarried or anything since then?
5: No, but my dad does have a girlfriend. Although he really doesn't like calling her his girlfriend to us kids, even though she's totally his girlfriend, <laughs> and like we're fine with it. Him being, did he hide being, it from you? Well, yeah, he did. He totally hid it from me, and he told my brothers and sisters, and like he hid it from me, and he would just refer her uh, to me as the lady he rides bikes with. <laughs> Like, I'm in preschool, and I don't understand that this woman is his girlfriend. And I want him to have a girlfriend because, you know, right after my mom died, he was coming to New York all the time and visiting me and staying in my studio apartment. Yeah, you need to get
4: rid of him. And I was like, this, like is a lot of, this is a
5: lot of dad time. You know, love you, but this is a lot of dad time. So now he has her, and he has, you know, someone his own age to hang out with, and it's great. But I just wish that he'd, you know, be like my girlfriend, Jacqueline, rather than just say, oh, you know, my friend. Did you tell him this? I do tell him this he's like well, he's like well no, it's not just you know he's like we go out on Saturdays it's not which I'm like hey, that's your girlfriend it's your girlfriend. how is she I think they're on the same age, which is great. That's My dad good. is attractive and uh he could probably have easily dated somebody uh much younger and uh, I'm really glad that I don't have like a a weird a weird stepmom <laughs> slash peer you know, it happens quite often.
4: Oh my god! And That's I don't crazy.
5: think I that I, that I would have a problem. with. Yeah, I get yeah.
4: that. You'd have a little talk with him. Yeah. And you have brother. Yep. Any other siblings?
5: A younger sister too. Oh, what's she doing? She's in school she's studying biology.
4: Oh, mm-hmm. what she want to do?
5: I think research. Research and biology. Yeah, she's got like another semester left.
4: She, so she's going to go and get graduate degrees.
5: She, uh, yeah, she's not sure yet. Um, if she wants to go to graduate school or not. I think she just wants to do maybe just start like at a researching job somewhere. She's at small school too or she's at Wayne State. yeah, In nice. Detroit.
4: Right. So everyone's still everyone at school in the Midwest there. Yep. You. And um growing up were things good?
5: Yeah, things were good. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh super involved in a lot of activities. I was a theater kid but I couldn't sing so the roles were really limited.
4: because yeah, in high school mostly stuff is musical. everything
5: is everything's a musical yeah. and I'm I'm tone deaf uh, my parents paid for singing lessons for me. They went. We went through one cycle, and the instructor basically called my mom and was like, "You're wasting your money. This is just not going to work."
4: One one cycle meaning like
5: one like round of classes. By yourself, I tried to learn somewhere over the rainbow, and I just couldn't couldn't hack it. What is that? I don't know. That's
4: some neurological thing.
5: Yeah, like really bad. I sing. It's terrible, terrible <laughs> singing voice.
4: And but it's not just bad voice. It's bad musical acumen. Yeah. Ugh, that's awful. I mean not, it's not I mean how awful for you that that just that part of the brain isn't isn't sort of
5: Yeah, I really wanted uh, to be in this in, in uh, The Music Man. But I I'm the kind Mar- of girl Marian? I knew I knew I couldn't sing but I auditioned for musicals anyway. You
4: want to be the Mary and the Librar- librarian or who do you want to be?
5: Oh, I was a kid so I wanted to be Amaryllis.
4: Oh. Uh, okay.
5: And then the girl who got to be Amaryllis was like so like oh, look at me about it.
4: Like, is it like community theater? Yeah, community theater.
5: My parents invested a lot of time in driving me all the way to Richmond, which was like the boonies near Detroit, like the rural community, so I could say like three lines as a background character. So I have to give my dad credit for that. It is
4: interesting, though, how performing backgrounds can lead to, can be a piece of what interests you and sort of a skill set that you have that leads you to things that are useful in other contexts completely. Like mm-hmm. doing, te- I mean, your interest is politics and journalism stuff, but you using the performing piece right to bring that to bear through television, right? Yeah, which is great. You wanted to recreate Love Line too. Did you ever get a chance to do that? We did a skit on that. No, you know? we didn't. You but
5: know? I, I really have, today, you know, getting to talk with you and Adam on the show was like my dream come true. That's it. So, so now
4: you can go do it.
5: Yeah, my life, my life do, goal.
4: Do it on your own. What What projects are coming up? Anything you want can tell people about, or
5: uh, I don't know if I can talk okay. about it or not. Right. Right. Yeah.
4: So, when you can, you'll, we'll tell everybody.
5: But there is something coming up.
4: Yeah, it's good, right? Yes. Yeah. Anything more you're gonna be doing at Fox?
5: Um, there's something else that I don't think I can talk about yet that I might be doing. Um, That's Cool.
4: How pod? come they don't use you on the five?
5: I don't know. I would love to do the five.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Joan doesn't produce that, too, does she? No, she doesn't. Yeah. Hmm.
5: I do like a lot of like Maria's show, Cavuto. I do Martha's show sometimes, kind of just whatever, wherever they, whatever they need. But I love, I love it. I love working there.
4: Tell me about the interest in politics. Where did that come from?
5: My dad was always really into politics and and he's a libertarian although he's become more of a conservative now, I mm-hmm. think. And just listening to talk radio and just talking about it with my dad, it was something that I was always interested in.
4: And if let's let me let's talk about a political issue right now that's bothering me, which is uh the issue of what to do with accusations and and victimization mm-hmm. how do we find a process to deal with that right
5: right it 's really really hard, but what i 've been noticing is that it 's become completely political
4: well it's well the it 's it's been happening, and now it is also happening in the political sphere, right? Yeah, and it, there it's gone insane. That's just nuttiness. There.
5: Completely political, yeah. where you know everybody who is on the the left is saying Kavanaugh is definitely guilty, and everyone's on the right saying he's definitely innocent. Which you know, so convenient. Right. It's just whatever whatever fits your political aims. When really none of us were there, and I, how do we know? How do
4: we know? How do we know? What do we do with that?
5: I mean, there's cases like Roy Moore where it's very obvious that he did it. Like they had yeah. so many corroborating witnesses, right. and
4: and and there and they, again, there's a difference between like a Weinstein and this sort of thing. But what, right. do we, what do we, you know, how do we respectfully accommodate the victims and listen respectfully to their reports, believe them? I don't believe anybody's lying, right? But the faulty function of human memory is that even if you know, if we, you and I were to witness something right now our memory would record it differently. yeah. Uh, And then 10 years later, it would change again, and it would decay and be recreated in many different incarnations. 40 years later, it would be something totally different than what actually happened, if we could remember it at all. So I don't quite get what we're supposed to do with this. I I wish
5: I I had an answer. Yeah.
4: Yeah. My biggest concern, and this is which I'm troubled by, is that – when you look at periods of history where accusations were just simply taken as factual, I mean, think about those periods of history. It has right. not gone well. Yeah. It's been Savonarola in, the, in Florence. It's been Hitler. It's been Stalin. It's been Salem in the 1600s. Right. I mean, it's yeah. It's always been a horror. It's McCarthy. I mean, it's all these eras we look at and go, oh, my God, French Revolution. Like, oh, Jesus. Thank God we're not doing that. And now we're doing it. Right. Uh, and And how do we... Again, to be fair, it's a different context and with different circumstances and different social sort of issues being being dealt with. I just feel like we have to have some sort of because it's not a court of law. Mm-hmm. It's not reasonable. It's not uh, beyond a reasonable doubt because it's not a criminal situation. It's not preponderance of the evidence because it's not a civil case. Exactly. It's just sort of credibility.
5: Yeah, and it is really complicated, especially because, you know, Until now, people always just believe denials and shamed women, and I think it's great that we're moving in the other direction. That
4: that is, yeah, that's insane. That should Mm -hmm. not be the case. That's gone. It's over. But to just believe accusation is also, I don't know. uh,
5: Especially if it's for a political purpose.
4: Well, it seems like on the political front, it's like we become so tribalized that it's like we have two different views of the same event. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything people look at if, if you come from one side or the other thank god i, I think you're like me I, I sit in the middle and it's like i and they're both ridiculous and they're both not necessarily even looking for the truth they're just looking to to recapitulate their oh no view. one
5: yeah no one's looking for the truth they don't they just they just want to defend everyone on their own side and to look at everyone else as the enemy on the other side and that's all there is to that it cannot work no Mm-mm.
4: so any any ideas
5: I think people need to learn how to keep some more open minds, and I and I don't understand uh, how that's going to happen because it's just attack the other side and defend your own side, attack the other side, defend your own side. It's Very
4: primitive. It's very it, it narcissistic. I, yes. I, I I swear that a lot of it is built on the narcissistic term we've had in the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know. I I have a feeling the generation coming up may be a little less this way.
5: A maybe. lot, yeah. A, a lot of us aren't. We don't like labels or don't fit into perfectly one political party or the other.
4: I think a lot of people are that way, but there's certainly not much media being created for, no. for people like that. certainly not. Yeah. So how far libertarian are you? Fed, yes or no?
5: No, and the Fed. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
4: taxes, what do we do with that?
5: Well, I mean, taxation is theft.
4: Right. Yeah. So what do we do?
5: I mean they're way too high.
4: Okay, just high. If the you, government were you, were you... if the
5: government wasn't involved in so many things we wouldn't need to have taxes be so high.
4: And how if there were and so, but you do believe there needs to be some the fruit of your labors are yours period that's your point of view yeah, yeah. but there is some need for community participation right something <laughs> where we all contribute to something.
5: Yeah, there's some need for it okay. but we the call amount that, that I pay in taxes is absolutely ridiculous. I saw
4: a report today that said we pay we pay more in taxes on average in this country than clothing and food and one other thing, like transportation, combined. I believe it. You don't live in California. I guarantee you, it's times two here. I live um, in New
5: York City, so it's pretty. High you know there what? Too.
4: But but it is high there, and it's very similar tax structure in New York, New York City. But but I always feel like I feel oh, it's you know I've got I I spend a lot of time in both cities, and I sort of feel like I have almost residence in both cities. And I feel in New York, I feel like okay, I pay my taxes and I get something back. Mm. I get this incredible city and all the municipal resources and the parks and the cultural events. I mean, really, and the I know you complain but it about smells the. Smells like garbage. It's got some issues. I understand, but I do get something. Yes, it's got some some room for improvements. Yes, for sure. But I do feel like I get something back from it in Los Angeles. Please.
5: Yeah.
4: We're building a eighty billion dollar train to nowhere. We have homeless people. You know, building a, a, a everywhere. Have you seen what's going yeah, on Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's, inca- it's insane. And it, there's, it's it's literally threatening the health of the whole population with the rodents being overrun so much on the homeless encampments mm-hmm. that we're going to have an infectious disease outbreak. Major. So, yeah? Major. Oh, my God. Going to happen. So I, I just don't know when or what it's going to be. But things like, you know, rickettsial disease, plague, stuff like that, all the things carried by the rats, it's coming. Terrible. Rat, yeah.
5: Good thing I don't live here anymore. I know. But,
4: but, but I thought I was libertarian too until I started until I started complaining that I went to the government to solve these problems. Oh yeah. Right. No,
5: that's private companies can do all that.
4: They're not though.
5: They could though. They're not
4: because well, they're not because a lot of these people they don't want help and they can't there's no way to force it. Yeah. Right? And so unless you have some laws to improve conservatorship, expand greatly disabled. Actually, we don't actually put people in prison in the state anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this. We just throw yeah. everybody out, and if we started doing that again and help people, you know, help people who are languishing as part of their disease makes them resistant to not wanting help. Yeah, mandated a little bit of help, they'd be very grateful for it. Trust me, I've seen yeah. that happen a million times. Mm-hmm. But that's government, maybe.
5: Yeah, I, I mean, I think all drugs should be legal. So I'm, I'm that kind of libertarian too. Okay, so how come they
4: don't ever bring that out on? Uh, they don't really. They, I don't feel like they bring that part of you out on Fox News.
5: Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it before, and then I get called an idiot on the internet. I think that okay. it, instead of building the wall, if we're worried about MS-13, we should just end the drug war. That way there'd be no reason for all these people to come over here with their drugs anymore. We'd have our own drugs.
4: Um, We almost are there, right, mm-hmm. aren't
5: we? Well, legalize everything.
4: Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily do so. I, it helps me, helps patients that can't stop using drugs who have that problem, when I when I can have legal consequences. You know, yeah. It saves their life sometimes. But I understand the I, the argument for legalization of everything. I'm, I'm not hugely object, objectionable to that. Tends not to work in places where they've tried it.
5: It's just I think everyone has the, everyone has the right to decide what they want to put in their own bodies. I think that it's ridiculous that you can go spend time in jail or even prison. Because of what you like put in your bo- own body.
4: It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's crazy. And, and or that we, we label certain chemicals evil.
5: Right. Like, well, I mean, like oxy, Oxycontin is legal, but right. heroin's not legal. What's about, the difference? How about LSD?
4: This, yeah. this may be a good therapeutic drug, but doctors can't touch it. Exactly. can't even, can't even do research with it because it's exactly. evil, evil, evil. Exactly. So, government overreach must be your main sort of preoccupation. Yes. And any, anything you're seeing that's improving?
5: I don't think it's improving. I think that, and and also government spending. The Republicans are just spending a ton of money too. They just spend it on some of the you know different stuff, and then they want to build this wall. This I can't get over this wall. I'm not a fan of the wall.
4: <laughs> any, <laughs> any candidates that you're like looking favorably upon?
5: I've never been excited about a candidate really because I mean I'm a libertarian, so I know like my guy or gal's never going to win anyway.
4: Rand Paul isn't a. Uh...
5: He's not. I like his dad, Ron. Now there's a real libertarian. Sort so. of. Yeah. Yeah. So. Rand, I like Rand. Not quite radical enough for me, though.
4: But he's somebody you can get behind a little bit. Yeah. All hmm. right. He seems like some of, one of the more lately it, – it's funny how the, the Trump sort of being such a wrecking ball has – certain people have emerged. I perceive them differently than before Trump came around. Yeah. And Rand Paul's one of them. Yeah. Also Chuck Schumer, too. I, th- I kind of appreciate his statesmanship. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like an even – like a steady and even – presence he's not getting hysterical like everybody else Yeah, that's true yeah i
5: never thought of that but that's absolutely yeah, true. yeah
4: his, his his stock went up for me just by just being a good statesman you know yeah. may not like everything he's doing but thank you for keeping your not lighting your hair on fire every five
5: minutes yeah it's a rare thing this is an upcoming presidential election i'm already just like i wonder what it's gonna be like it's gonna be nuts
4: it is gonna be nuts i think
5: trump wins again though really mm-hmm. who, are the Dem- who are the democrats gonna run they, they don't know bloomberg you think
4: i think so I I just I heard that earlier in the week and I thought oh yeah that that they they have to run him. Well, they have, they they the only thing that get in the way of it is they might just convince themselves they have to run a woman. Mm. Which is the other thing that they may sort of have to in quotes do. Mm. Right? Cuz that's their brand.
5: Right. Right? They have to yeah, somebody who's oppressed in like six different ways and that's how they That
4: be best, but a woman I think especially they they're becoming the party of women, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you spending some time with me. Good to see you. You too. I'll, I'll see you on Gutfeld soon. Yes. And uh, thank you for making me feel welcome there. And uh, having, Of
5: course. Having a I always love having you on. It's you, fun. You know that.
4: It's fun. It's, it, Greg's just so funny and good. I, yeah. I, I sometimes, you know, I'm, because I'm, I'm very, very moderate and stuff too, and sometimes some of the stuff he says, I think to myself, like, oh, should I be here? Is this really where I <laughs> be? And then he just becomes himself again, and I'm like, oh, yeah. it's Greg. It's, he's yeah. goofing around.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: All right. We will take a little break. We'll come back with your calls. Well, if you or a loved one has struggled with leg or foot cramps, you've seen how miserable it is. They can jolt you out of sleep. They can disrupt your life. They can make it impossible for you to exercise. That's why I got behind Theraworks Relief. You've heard me talking about it all over the place. Theraworks Relief is a non-greasy foam that's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast and reduce muscle soreness. With daily use, Theraworks Relief can prevent muscle cramps before they start. Use it a couple times a day. You'll get that full night's sleep, or you'll be able to go out and do the activities you want to do. My patients that have this problem love this product. It takes minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly. It works. I recommend TheraWorks Relief to my family, friends, patients, and the results speak for themselves. This is a life-changing product if you have these problems. TheraWorks Relief is my choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. Make it yours, too. Get TheraWorks Relief in the pain relief aisle at Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens or by talking to your pharmacist. Learn more at TheraWorksRelief.com. That is TheraWorks Relief for your muscle cramps. Did you know that as many as 15 million Americans have COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? November is National COPD Awareness Month. COPD is a serious, progressive illness that makes it difficult to breathe. And while it's not curable, there are treatment options available and people can have tremendous symptom relief. We have all kinds of great interventions at this point. So if you are a loved one, has COPD, talk to your physician about a plan that fits your lifestyle. For more information, visit womeningovernment.org. Well, if you're like me, uh, you may have been struggling with anxiety your entire life. I have generalized anxiety disorder. I had panic. And... Right now, some psychiatrists are suggesting that CBD may be a significant advancement in the ability to manage these sorts of symptoms. Now, you should never manage psychiatric symptoms on your own. You should always talk to your doctor, so be sure to discuss this with your physician. But right now, Sunday Scaries gummies provide relief from these symptoms. It's an all-natural, non-habit-forming remedy. They are made with natural ingredients free of gluten, dairy, yeast, egg, soy, and peanuts. And Sunday Scaries can be ordered online online from the website, sundayscaries.com, ship directly to your front door. There's a subscription package for recurring monthly orders at a discounted rate. And our listeners right now can buy Sunday Scaries with a 10% discount and free shipping. That's sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code Doctor Drew D-R-D-R-E-W. That is sundayscaries.com. Use promo code Doctor Drew. They contain zero THC, but they do contain CBD. And again, as I have said, CBD not only helps eliminate these symptomatologies, but it may help you prevent them from recurring. The literature is still evolving on this issue, but I know many professionals are thinking this could be a significant advancement. So, again, it is sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code DRDREW, and you will get that 10% discount. sundayscaries.com. Check it out. And we are back. Uh, thank you for that. And we are going to now just go on out to some phone calls for the remainder of the show and uh, converse with you guys. This is Clayton. Clayton, what's going on?
1: Hey, Drew, how's it going?
4: I'm good. What's happening there?
1: Uh, I am good. Um, real quick, is is I don't know. Is that in there?
4: Nope, not here right now.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, well, real quick, wanted I I had a question about. I just moved to Cherry Hill. I moved to a new area, but I I hope I'm not pulling an audible here. And, switching up but I thought of maybe a better question Go ahead. specifically to maybe ask you right. um yeah so I and actually uh, Adam's kind of a lot of thanks for this but I actually dropped out of college uh to pursue a career uh kind of working with internships account management stuff like that met some people out in LA a few years ago to make good money and I'm, I'm 26 right now I make about 75,000 maybe 80,000 a year give or take wow which is pretty good in my yeah, opinion absolutely uh, uh but, with that being said, I'm not really happy at all. Uh, not happy and, doing what you know, you're I,
4: doing, or not happy not having enough sort of a social... What's what making you unhappy?
1: I, I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think A lot of my job... So I worked as a essentially a quote-unquote career coach, right? And I'm 26. To me, I feel like a bit of a fraud, uh, to be completely honest with you. And I work with a lot of uh, I work as a consultant with a lot of coding boot camps in, uh, in just different areas, and I work as a consultant with some different companies in in like Silicon Valley, San Francisco, things like that. But you don't feel so like you're doing you don't feel
4: like you're doing anything real,
1: right? And for me, it, it is a it's a, you know I talk a lot, right? That's my job. Mm-hmm. I talk.
4: You're you're a salesman. Um, you're a salesman.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not even really sure if I believe in what I'm sell- selling, right? right? Right. Um, and at the end of the day, I and yeah, I called. I think it was I think I called ACS like maybe around 2014 or something along those lines. And um, I I kind of asked Adam, hey, you know, like I have an opportunity here, do I pursue it? Um, and he gave me some I think pretty good advice at the time. Um, you know, it was like four or five years ago. Where I'm at now, though. You know, I feel like I'm at a different stage of my life. And at this point, I, you know, and the question that's on the line there that you probably have on the screen is, I just moved to New Jersey. I'm currently working in Philly. All right. So here's the bottom line.
4: Bottom line is, I'm going to even bottom line my bottom line. Bottom line is the 20s suck. They suck because you are struggling to find an identity, struggling to find a career path, struggling to find a peer group, struggling to find a sustained relationship. It sucks. It is an extremely unstable and unsatisfying time. Well, I shouldn't say unsatisfying. Just fraught with disappointments and anxieties and you know, just so much. And you're almost living out of a suitcase the whole time. You never have a home. Many people they are still in college or training or something. I have, or you switch yeah. gears all of a sudden and you're going to go from coaching people and these boot camps to becoming, a, I, I don't know what, a physicist. I, who knows what you're going to be? And the who knows what you're going to be is really the giant question mark over most people's head in their 20s. And I've noticed that millennials have more than their – different than what my generation did in terms of timing. My generation went through all the kinds of feeling you're having right now when they were 19 to 22. Uh, and we were in a hurry to solve that problem and figure it out. Uh, you guys aren't in a, in a hurry, and I think that's a good thing. And to that point, you could just do something else now. You just, you, this you clearly not making you happy. Even, and you know you're a good salesman. Maybe there's something else in sales or persuasion or human resource management or something that you could do. Uh, you could do anything, right?
1: Right. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny. I'm I'm sitting here talking to you, and I have an open suitcase with clothes full of it on the ground. It's crazy, right? Now right? I'm looking I, at it, right? It's, I, yeah. I, that's, yeah. That's my life. I, that's been my life, and I've moved around to, like, I've been in SS, L.A., York City here and now. Like but about how exciting nonsense.
4: you've now, you've been in all those cities, you've seen them all, you've gotten a taste of them. Now you can go figure out something else. It, it, really, you've got yeah. time is your friend at this point. And, and also, the other thing that I, I don't think the millennials take enough advantage of is, is training more training. Get, get some sort of expertise right. in something, and, and I think it will serve
1: you well. All right. Well, Drew, let me ask you this Drew, real quick. Yeah. I, I think my passion, it's always been my passion. I've always wanted to do it. Went to school for it in journalism and writing. In terms of training, what might you recommend?
4: You didn't finish that degree, right? No. Finish it. Go to, go somewhere high. Go somewhere amazing. Go to Northwestern and finish the degree. Go to Columbia and, and finish it. You like it? You love it? Go do it. You, you'll. I. One thing I noticed with my own training is that when I really got deep into the training, and I was doing what I wanted to do, I it was great. That's why I, one of the reasons I get upset with. Uh, you know we have all these people want to put regulations on physicians and tell us how to do our job and it's like hey send us back for more training we like training we spend years and years and decades at it we'll, we'll do some more as opposed to regulating our judgment that that is the worst possible idea uh let's see this is uh thank you thank you Clayton. nice talk to you. this is austin austin
0: hey Drew, how's it going hey man what's up um, just a simple question. Um, wondering how you might encourage somebody to um, seek therapy. You know, just going to speak to somebody um, if they are if they're reluctant to, if they don't want to. But, you can't you know, force
4: them to, right? You, I
0: know. Be, I certainly understand. Yeah. But how would you, in your uh, way, personally, my
4: them? way? I would use a lot of wonderment in terms of making them. Emoti- There's also something called motivational enhancement, but the, the simplest way to sort of. Motivate is to ask lots of open-ended questions, like, you know, what, you know, wonder why you're doing that, or does that serve you? Does that work for you? And if it doesn't, I wonder why not? And as they start to open up about, you know, maybe drinking this much doesn't really work for me, but I like it a lot. It's like, huh, how funny you seem to want to change, but you can't. I wonder why that is. Lots of wonderment, 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 and eventually you get to the point where they're like they're stymied, and you'll go, Hey, maybe, you, maybe you went and talk to somebody, and if that come, if that makes sense to them in that moment, and it sort of comes to, from internally in that person. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, but why wouldn't I go see somebody, given I want to make these changes and all these things aren't working for me? Huh, how about that? And just keep reinforcing that.
0: Okay, and what if they blatantly said, you know, sure, yeah, I, you know, I understand, you know, what I'm doing is not working or something like that, but that's something I know is not going to work for me. But That'd be a weird. I, that's, a, I, that's,
4: that's kind of a weird level. thing to say. That'd be that, that's you know an easy thing to get at. Like, really, you you have expertise in this area? You know this doesn't work. Well, I wonder how while why these armies of professionals get away with that, and have all this data that shows that it works, huh? And you can use you can use a lot of sort of uh, confusion, wonderment the, to mm-hmm. go to go at them. To go, hey! Don't you know it? Don't you see what you're doing to yourself and your family? Worst possible idea. The daytime television version of motivation is anathema. It's the opposite of what motivates people. The opposite. Believe me, when you go at somebody directly, the four shields go up, and you ain't never getting through. Okay.
0: Certainly, All right. I certainly understand
4: that. All right, Austin. Thanks. Good luck. Yep. Bye. Do you want to tell me specifically what the deal is?
0: Um, well, no, I think it's something that could be applied in a, in a few different facets um, you know, with family, marriage, kids. You know, I, f- I feel like you know a lot, a lot of people um, could benefit from going and speaking to somebody. Uh, well, I family, marriage, kids are all very
4: like family, marriage, kids all very different things. If it's marriage, an interpersonal thing, you can say, "Let's go as a couple." I'll making the appointment. I'll meet you there. That that's a that's a simpler one to overcome the barrier a little bit. Keeping them going tends to be a little harder. <laughs> Sure,
0: sure. No, no, and, and I, I, I think also in, in other facets, not not just you know interpersonal things like that. You know, uh, maybe just personal things. You know, the ways somebody could could benefit themselves just by speaking to somebody and talking through their problems and having you know even just a sounding board. Uh, ways that it's helped me in my life. Yeah, sure. You know, I've tried to turn that on to other people, and I get uh, it. they've you know. Well, there you go. You testify.
4: But. You know, testify. You can you, when they start giving you uh, resistances, go. Geez, sure worked for me. Get too bad, you know. If you don't want to take advantage of it, I wouldn't know why you wouldn't. It was such a perfective thing in my case, and I and I'm and I'm saying that for me personally, I I feel exactly the same way. Well, maybe you don't know, but uh, muscle cramps for some people can be disruptive. It prevents them from getting healthy sleep. It prevents them from exercising. It prevents them from engaging in the activities they want to engage. And uh, listen, Theraworks Relief has been a leap forward with this problem. It's, you've heard me talking about it, of course. It's a non-greasy foam. It's clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps fast, relieve muscle soreness. And with daily use, twice daily, works Relief can prevent muscle cramps. So you can just sleep through the night and engage in the activities you wish. works Relief takes only minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly. It works. I recommend works Relief to my family, friends, patients. Results speak for themselves. Testimonies are coming in. And for people that have this problem, it's a game changer for people that really have this problem. TheraWorks Relief is my choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. Make it yours, too. Get TheraWorks Relief in the pain relief aisle at Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, or by talking to your pharmacist. They are as enthused as I am because for the first time, you can get relief from this really challenging problem without taking a dangerous medication, which is all we had in the past. Learn more at com. That is TheraWorks Relief for your muscle cramps. If you like my show, you're going to love Life Reboot on Podcast One. It's time to live your best life and host Leah Messer and Lindsey Riley and Brian Scott are here to give you the tools you need to empower yourself and live life to the fullest. Check out Life Reboot every Wednesday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, Green Chef. I love these guys. We started receiving some of their products and it was manna. My wife declared it was manna from heaven. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that includes everything you need to cook easily. These are easy to cook and unbelievably delicious meals. They include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, carnivore. And you can get $50 off your first box of Green Chef. Go to Green G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F dot U S slash Drew. The recipes are quick, they are easy, they are complete, and I cannot endorse them strongly enough in terms of taste. They are delicious. We have been using them like crazy. I had them last night. Put some in the refrigerator to save for tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. And don't forget, $50 off your first box of green box. Go to greenchef.us. And why is it green? Well, they have you recycle everything the food comes in, so you feel like you're reducing your footprint, and I feel really good about it. Again, greenchef.us, not .com, greenchef.us. It's convenient, it's easy, it's delicious, and there is something for everyone. Uh, check it out. It's handpicked, delivered right to your door, pre-measured. Again, my wife was impressed. I am impressed. And we are converts to Green Chef, Drew. Thanks, Austin. Let's go to uh, Dan. What's up there, Dan?
2: Hey, how you doing? Hey, man, what's up? Good, i uh, a big fan. So, Thanks. I actually have a um, an interesting situation that just came up today. My, So my daughter is two years old. Uh, she just turned two. Back in January, she had a procedure where she had her ears, uh, tubes put in her ears. Everything was relatively fine. She's had a couple of ear infections since then. So uh, today, actually over the weekend, she developed an ear infection, and uh, I had my wife call the same doctor's office, And they told her that he was on an indefinite leave for a family problem, which to me sounded like, I don't know, to me doctors don't just take indefinite leave. So I looked up his, just out of curiosity, on the Arizona uh, licensing board, I Mm -hmm. looked up his license and find out that he self-reported back in June uh, an incident where apparently he was uh, doing a surgery under the influence, uh, that just said basically under the influence, and he self-reported it, in which he then denied the allegation, but admitted to having a substance abuse issue.
4: Yeah. So, so here's yeah, what happened. I've, here's what happens. The nurses pulled him inside and said, "You go tell the well-being committee you did this, or we're going to." So that's what that's happened. That's what I thought. Oh, for it's sure. Kind
2: of like it, it was kind of. I heard, I've heard you say this like for years, where like the whole denial thing with it. Yeah you know drugs and stuff and it's now it's it's a little
4: dicier with with medicine he may then go back and deny it because he may have a malpractice problem by admitting it he may have had attorneys telling him what to say and who knows but he clearly somebody told him you report or we're reporting you
2: and that's kind of what i gathered so the question that i have for you is kind of more like on an ethics type of standpoint like I obviously found that just because I was inquisitive and there's a lot of people who clearly don't know this. So what is like the practices, um, I guess, ethical standpoint? Should they be telling people that he's just on an indefinite leave for family problems or should they be saying, hey, your daughter was under the knife? No, they they
4: don't have any obligation to talk about what he has done uh, as a result of his addiction. But they should be saying they should be giving three referrals. And they should be not lying. <laughs> they should not be saying anything about family problems. But then again, who knows what he told his staff, right? He may have told that to the right. staff. And so um, I, I, I'm with you that there are some issues. Uh, if you want, you could tell the state that you're wondering, you know, if the office is doing the right thing. Bottom line is it doesn't matter. What matters is that he's in treatment and he's not practicing. Those are the two important things.
2: Okay. And I guess my point to calling you is that just, it, it, to me, it's more of like a, To your listeners and, and you have a large audience is that if you feel like your doctor is, if something seems like wrong, uh, don't just take it at face value. Maybe do a little investigation. Oh, yeah. um, You know, obviously for me now, uh, we are going to be taking her to another specialist just to make sure um, that she was okay. But it's super unnerving to find out. Well, know
4: that that doctors are really hard to treat, but once they get with it, they do better than average. They do really, really well.
2: And that's good because he was, to be honest with you, he's the best doctor we've ever had. Hey, he <laughs> we,
4: may, we he thought. probably will be good. He'll probably be good again. you got to yeah. understand, this is, a, like, right. this is an illness, and he'll be monitored very carefully by the state if he's allowed back. And, he, you know, again, if he's properly treated, he will be. And uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. All right?
2: Interesting.
4: Yeah, yeah it's a good call. Very interesting. On that. All right. All right, take thanks. Take care now. Thanks for the call. Bye. Uh Clarissa, what's going
3: on? Hi Dr. Drew. I actually talked to you the other day on Instagram about my pneumonia. Uh-huh. And you were right. It my mom has institutional what is it? institutional pneumonia.
4: Interstitial pneumonia, and, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I talked to my doctor to refer me to a pulmonologist and a rheumatologist. Great. Which is, Yeah, which he's going to do. Well done. If, I wasn't <laughs> thanks. Well, I'll listen to anything you say. Well, be careful. But, I'm um, not. I'm
4: not. I'm not practicing this. I'm just trying to educate you, given the constellation oh, of things you were reporting. So, go ahead.
3: No, but it's just. I feel I'm from small town Minnesota, where I feel like the doctors ignore me. Like you're too young for this. You're too young for that. And well, they you, don't. you are. That's it's why you need a careful
4: workup. <laughs> right
3: i i know but they they don't do that they just shove antibiotics my way and be like bye bye yeah and it's like i feel like i'm getting sicker and it's like i'm showing the symptoms that my mom has and i showed my mom our conversation and you nailed her um just exactly it was just amazing
5: well, with these, the mixed
3: connective tissue
4: yeah no yeah her mixed <laughs> connective tissue disorder right these these things are not Rare. They're they're kind of common, but they're they're not. Well, they're not common, but they're but they're not super rare. And there are people out there that know exactly how to manage these things. And you, you're going doing exactly right with a rheumatologist and a pulmonologist. You'll have a pretty complete team there, and they should be able to give you a very good assessment and then plan.
3: Okay, and the thing is, she put me on antibiotics. Like, should I even take, like, does that even help with this kind of pneumonia?
4: Again, I'm not in a position to say yes or no. We, We speculated, you and I, that there might be an allergic component to this. Uh, and allergic, it, there can be an allergic pneumonitis with a bacterial or something on top of that. So I, I would do what she tells you to do, and then you've done that when you hit the rheumatologist and the pulmonologist, and you can say, okay, I've already done this, and I'm not better. Let's do a workup, okay?
3: okay. Yeah, it's just I I feel like I've been to so many doctors, and they just don't listen. Well, but you haven't it's been.
4: So- you're now going to the right subspecialists. So let's, okay, let's see what yeah, I—
3: Let's yeah, see. I went to a rheumatologist before, and they just dismissed me. I mean, you might you might even was...
4: you might even have a a, a type of um, a shoot. I'm blanking on the name of the stupid thing. The lung the lung disease that we're finding these sort of sort of subclinical and variant cases of. Um, it's going to occur to me in a second. You have to give me a second. It's weird that I can't remember the name of it. But uh, the rheumatologist. Did you see the rheumatologist? Is that what you said?
3: Um. The thing is, my mom's rheumatologist—he was ah. great, and he did more for her than the male, But he retired, and I went and saw one, and he just dismissed me.
4: Hmm, because your sed rate was normal.
3: No, my sed rate's high.
4: So, so why did he dismiss you? I'm sorry.
3: I have no idea. They just—they think I'm too young for all this stuff, and it's just—it's so frustrating to get someone to listen to me.
4: So the the illness I was trying to think of, of course, was cystic fibrosis. You you could have some weird little version of cystic fibrosis. So let's see what the pulmonary doctor says. So let's finish the workup and uh, see what they say, okay? It's pure speculation until you get all the data. But you you wonder about things like cystic fibrosis or you wonder about all kinds of little things. You can even ask about that when you see the pulmonologist, okay?
3: Okay. Thank you for pointing me in the right right, direction. I'm so grateful.
4: I hope that works. All right, Clarissa, thank you so much. Uh, that about does it for the show we appreciate all your calls appreciate you guys for listening again do check out the opiate series we're putting it on an audio book uh, I'm also going to I'm in the process of working a thing on narcissism and how that's one of the underlying problems and all the conflict that's out there in our world today and the political scene and whatnot and um, do check me out at the Instagram like Clarissa did it's Dr. Drew Pinsky, and we do the in- Instagram live things where you can you can request to be asked a question you just kind of come up on the screen with me it's pretty cool All right. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time